I mean, I mean, yeah, I, I have to put this one up on YouTube because I'm literally in the chair we were discussing last week. So this is this is my personal space where I do all my cool things. We're still looking for a smoking jacket if anybody wants to help crowdsource that. But this is the the visual that we were all missing last week. So now it's a thing. Deep red gold trim. Deep red gold trim. Monogram? No, no, I'm not that fancy. I'm, I think a monogram would be weird. That's too much. That's Very too much. Monogram. A monocle, though, would probably be pretty cool. You know what I mean? Just just plug it into the eye there. Look pretty, pretty sweet. And if that anybody's was... actually watching this, yes, yes, where I live south smells like rich mahogany. It's fun. It's amazing. I've I've wondered not often, but every now and then how it would be to actually use a monocle. And now this has just reinvigorated my my thought experiment. And I kind of want to figure it out. I don't know. I don't I don't know if it'd be a comfortable wearing situation. Like I yeah. feel like you're winking the entire time, right? To keep it in. Or is that yeah. or you gotta smash it in so close? I have really long eyelashes. So I feel like that would like I don't know. I don't know if that's a that might be a deal breaker for me. If you feel it, all of our female listeners are immediately jealous. Uh, and I say that because my wife has told me on many occasions that she's jealous of my eyelashes. And, um, so yeah, there, there's a status symbol, I guess. Uh, yeah, I've been told the same thing from literally every woman in my entire life. My mom, my mother-in-law, my wife, that uh, every, every friend that I've had, that's been a girl. Oh my gosh. I hate you for your eyelashes. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Hey. Eh? Yeah. I mean, it, it is what it is. At this point, I'm blessed. Bless up, fam. Bless, you know? up. Bless up, fam. That would be the greatest card ever, by the way. That is a multi-use card in any in any shape or form. Bless up, fam. Somebody dies. Bless up, fam. Bless up. Right? You win an award. Bless up, fam. It's it's brilliant. If if that's not already licensed to Hallmark, you got to get on that ASAP. No, nah, somebody's probably probably taking that already. You know what I mean? Mm. That and Wizard of Oz. I said that to my wife like three days ago. She lost it. It was great. That's It's awesome. It's brilliant. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Rebuild Stronger podcast, where we talk about all things powerlifting, strength, sport, business, and life. Hope you enjoy. So I want to take an opportunity today to actually talk about your training, man, and kind of what what we've been working through over the last few months as you as you've gone from like legitimate sit to stands in a hospital bed to I think you pulled what four hundred off two inch blocks the other day, four fifteen as Wednesday. There we go. There we go. I get called out for not looking at the True Coach most recently. That app is also absolutely blowing me right now because it's not letting me upload literally anything. But that's that's off to the side. Um, so I, th- I think the biggest thing is like give people a little bit of an update on where you actually are with your training. And I believe you're you had signed up for a meet, and then it might not actually go off. But we're still looking for a meet, yeah. Correct. Yeah, we're we're actively actively searching for a backup in case the first one falls through. But if the first one did or does go on, we're about like 15 weeks out, give or take. Okay. 
You feel pretty comfortable with that, that time frame? Oh yeah. 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 I'm looking at, there's, there's one that popped up and I'll keep you posted. I don't know if I can get into it or not, but uh, if that one becomes the backup, it would be three weeks sooner, four weeks sooner. So I'm still comfortable with that timeline with where we're at. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, broad strokes to start, like, yeah, legitimate sit to stands in a hospital bed. And then at home, uh, sit to stands at my bedside in, in May. Cause I got out of the hospital May 1st, 23. And, uh, when people talk about starting at ground zero, like this is legitimately where I was because couldn't get around without a cane or a walker. Like I couldn't go, uh, we had to go out for like, uh, blood work and stuff like that. I needed to take a four wheeled walker with me. That's the only way I was getting around for sufficient distances. So yeah. Um, exercise or rehab really was sit the stands. It was, uh, like yellow TheraBand leg raises, lateral, uh, you know, hip abduction, stuff like that. Um, and like really, really light, sh uh, shoulder lateral raises just to name a couple. And that was hard as shit. Uh, so talk about humbling. And then just through, you know, working the process and I'm glossing over a whole lot of ups and downs, but we're back to what you'd consider by and large, like regular powerlifting training, still a couple of things to kind of work through, um, and just respect body, my body's limitations, some aches and pains and things that we just got to kind of work around, but back to heaviest low bar squat single so far was 290 before we started the pivot in this last block. And then it was 260 or 265 for some pretty comfortable, uh, doubles and, and triples this week. Deadlifts, yeah, four or fifteen for three singles were the heaviest that I've done this week. On it's been on a steady uptrend. Um, deadlift loves me the most. It, it's come back the quickest and is is the most steadfast. But we're working on bench. You're, you're bringing your bench mojo and, and having it rub off on me, which I'm excited about. Yeah, now now you know what to do with your wrists and your elbows. It, it helps quite a bit. Um, there is something in that I don't want to gloss over. And if you're comfortable talking about it, I'd like to actually dive into the frustrations that you felt through the rehab process. Because I remember as we went through that and, you know, one of the things, even just with the walks, you know what I mean? Like, well, fuck it, I'm going to I'm going to walk further today. And and just the what was necessary to kind of traverse that process, because it, it it's not easy. And you were at ground zero and there, there was a lot of frustration and there was a lot of making adjustments. And I, I think, I don't want to talk for you here, but I, I think during that process, you probably learned a lot about yourself there. So I'd, I'd like to actually dive into that if we could. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. There were, there were many, many frustrations, you know, talk about the walks. So I couldn't, I couldn't actually walk. Uh, like I wanted to. And prior to the whole hospital thing, going out for walks was something I like to do midday, just get some steps in, get a little bit of easy cardio in, uh, you know, kind of disconnect from the day and come back afterwards. I couldn't do that. It was actually easier for me to ride the the air bike behind me because I had a lot of uh, pain and like neural tension that kept my hips in some degree of flexion. So if I tried to to extend those hips and like take normal steps, I was taking a lot shorter steps because of it. 
But if I try to go out for a walk, uh, I went for a 30 minute walk, 15 minutes out, 15 minutes back. And then my nerve pain the next day in my hips was gnarly. So that, that sucked because, you know, for most of us, we probably think about quote unquote, easy activity. Walking is one of the things at the top of the list. Just go for a walk. I couldn't fucking go for a walk, at least not the way I wanted to. Um, so that was one in one instance. Uh, and another one was my body did some continually weird things. Uh, I had pockets of fluid. The doctors still aren't really sure exactly what happened. Might've been lymph, might've been something else, but big pockets of fluid on my left hip. And, uh, also had to manage a wound on my leg and, and it would drain and I had to change that dressing. Cause I'd look down, I'd be like soaked and soaking through my shorts and like, Oh, I have better put the barbell down and like go change my leg dressing. It's just a new weird reality uh, that I had to, to live in. And I did learn a lot about myself. And I think the biggest lesson that I learned was that my, I think it was more respect for my body and also for whatever obstacles or barriers I was facing. Uh, I had to learn that smashing my head face first into the wall wasn't going to make the wall move. So it's probably better not to do that and, and look to just like make some lateral steps and just find the edge of the wall and eventually go around, even if it took longer than I wanted. Um, and I'm out of place now, not without frustrations. And you get a front row seat to that. Although we're making progress. It's, it's on the upswing. Um, but I think I'm more readily able to recognize, okay, this is what I hoped would happen. It's probably not going to play that way. That's fine. Um, I'm, I'm making an effort to not trash talk my body. And we can get into you know, the psychology of self-talk, whether positive or negative, and you know, what's helpful, what's not. But recognizing that there are limits that I have to just recognize and, and work with, and that's all good. I'm, I'm nothing if not resilient. So we'll find another way through. Yeah, I think one of the things we mentioned early on in the process is just, you, you mentioned like not talking shit about your own body, but also recognizing wins and like not necessarily reframing them, but like finding the opportunity to recognize them. Have you found that through that process, it's actually changed your ability or enhanced your ability to recognize those now, even in, even in your training? Definitely. And that was a conversation uh, I'm pretty sure you and I had, I know I had in different forms, even with Dave, another member of our team, who's been helping with my training here with Ashley, uh, the inner circle, if you will. And it was really necessary, especially when I was out of the hospital and embarking on that first stage of the process, because I was used to years of measuring progress by weight on the bar. Could I train the way I wanted to? And like, this just wasn't that I was so far removed from it that I needed to, you know, find, find wins because that was necessary to keep me going through, um, through the frustrations, through the, the challenges. So it was recognizing wins like, Hey, on the banded, the banded three-way hip exercise where it really messed up my hip or caused a lot of nerve pain last week, there's less pain here. Cool. 
it felt small, but it was significant. And I had to make myself recognize it. And I was looking for these small things. And we talk about it a lot. Uh, this is just an, an instance that I think really puts a fine point on it. But all of those small wins that didn't feel like, well, to old Jared, they wouldn't have felt like a lot. Uh, to, to newer Jared, they were significant enough, but they stacked on each other. And then that allowed me to hold a barbell for the first time and do some limited range RDLs. But I held a barbell and that felt really good. And then the RDLs got a little bit deeper and put a little bit of weight on it. And then it was a plate. And I was doing, uh, I was a feet up bench press with 55 pounds, but I could bench again. And that was awesome. And I was down here with, with Ashley because she had to help me get the bench into place and she was spotting me and all that. But I had her and I had my daughters down and they all took turns. They wanted to bench and it turned into a really special like family moment. So it definitely uh, cued me up to be better at recognizing small wins. And even now, uh, even now it's, I'm still able to, sorry, even now as we're back to more regular training, I'm able to recognize those wins and also not get so caught up in needing a certain thing. I don't need, didn't need the bar to be 415 on Wednesday. I thought there's a good chance, but that's the difference, <laughs> excuse me, where I just came in, I was going to give what I had and I, you know, recognizing, uh, you know, the signals as I warmed up, I'm like 405, 415, probably where I'm going to be today. Turned out to be pretty spot on. And that was great. But if it wasn't there, that's cool. I'm going to come back next time and we'll, we'll get there. Well, I'm curious if you're as much of a goofball as me, because like I think of you mentioned like your your leg draining and then having to like go and change the bandage and stuff that first day that it didn't drain. Did you like pat it and go, good job, buddy. You did good. You didn't leak on me today. I'm so proud of you. And like, I'm, I'm a fucking mess, man. Like I, I look at stuff like that and I just go crazy with it. No. But like, did you, did you have moments like that where you like, even though it felt silly and possibly you like <clears throat> patted a body part and you're like, good job, man. Way to go. You did it today. I definitely did. And Ashley was a great uh, instigator of that because uh, she'd be the one largely changing my bandages. We had a nurse uh, or nurses coming through. But as as I got better and we still just had to manage the dressing, Ashley, she might as well be a nurse uh, at this stage with, with all that she's learned. But we changed it. She gave me an update on how it looked. She's like, good job, Jerry. Way to heal. Like, yeah. And I'd like get hyped up and like that was pretty cool. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I think the ability to bring in humor for things like that. I mean, shoot, I think back to even in the hospital, I was, I was up for a walk and this is when the, the leg wound was not as, as closed as it is now. Now it's actually fully closed, scabbed over, which is sweet. There's no dressing anymore. Um, but in the hospital, I was up for a walk with the, it had to be the PT and this is still like when it actively drains. So we put a little extra padding on it and we're up for the walk. We walked past two of my doctors in the in the hallway. They're looking at, at a computer, can, you know, consulting about whatever. I say hi. And then I'm feeling something wet down my leg. And one of the doctors is like, uh, Jared, stop. Like you're bleeding. And it turns out that I don't know exactly what had happened, but I was draining a lot of like blood and 
other stuff. Sorry to anybody listening with a weak stomach. I won't get too graphic. Uh, but it was kind of a whole thing where I stopped. I sat on the walker. One of the doctors came and compressed my legs. So I didn't bleed on the floor. Uh, they got the hospital bed from my room. They transferred me there. And then it was a whole thing to make sure everything was taken care of after. And I just kept cracking jokes as the, the afternoon played out. And doctors rolled through or the next nurse came through after shift change. I'm like, yeah, my leg exploded. Sorry. And it's just like being able to laugh at the situation made it a lot more manageable. And it just, it was also accurate. So yeah, things like that. They definitely add perspective. Well, I think in that particular situation too, it probably makes the situation more manageable for the people around you. You know, I, I look at training environment. I look at my general environment as being something that's really important. And you can either take your environment, like you can inject a lot of energy into your environment. And in our garage gym, I've got a, a rules sign. You know me, every rule is number one because none of them are more important than the others. It's a full, full-blown Grover mentality right there. Um, but one of them says like, number one is, you know, put your phone on airplane mode. It's It's here to play music or film something. That is it. And then there's another rule that's also rule number one. That is, you're here to talk shit, have fun, and like bring up the training environment. If you're not here to do that, you can leave. And then like this is in my home. <laughs> this is you can get out of my garage. That's for my family. So I can I can only imagine like, you know, you're sitting there with your therapist and. and the bandage blows open and the doctors are there and man, somebody could freak out and create a lot of anxiety over the situation and, and make it a really heavy situation for everybody involved. But the way you're able to take that, you, you start to elevate it and people find more reward in it globally when you're able to do that. And I think that that is a lesson in and of itself that you can take from this and say like, all right, well, what energy am I going to inject into the world when shit hits the fan? Cause shit's going to hit the fan. Yep. Agreed. And yeah, it was really cool. Cause it kind of worked both ways. I think about there are some standout nurses in particular doctors too. Um, but I just saw the nurses more often and there were some that were standout because of the energy that they brought to the day. And I went through a whole host of emotions as one might imagine. And they were on the days that I felt absolutely crushingly low and was in tears. I wanted to go home and I missed my girls and my wife. You know, I had nurses who just came and they were a calm presence and they were just, they were there. You know, they weren't trying to fix it. They were just trying to help me through it, whatever I needed. On the days where I felt better, we were, <laughs> we were talking about, uh, who, the better boy band in sync or backstreet boys uh it's it's backstreet boys you didn't even put 98 degrees in there 90 degrees was in the conversation but it's it's in sync or backstreet boys and what are you talking boys. about dude nkotb there i mean fine fine for me for me it's backstreet boys and right. i would wager on the majority it's mm, mm, that's that's pretty good there you it's go. still backstreet boys just, uh, just side note, I don't know how many people know the fact that I've got like 16 different 
clips of Jared prior to call singing to himself. If anybody wants those sourced, I can get you the links for those. Son of a gun. That was supposed to stay top secret. Yeah, it's great though. Uh, um, so yeah, I mean, Backstreet Boys conversations. We talked about music. We talked about movies and it was, it's, it's just being on the opposite side of exactly what you said, the energy that somebody brings in. Uh, it, it went a long way for me there, but just as a general principle, it, it can go a long way to, to influence any situation, especially ones that could easily go the other direction and be extra stressful and that may not necessarily need to be. Agreed. And that's a lesson I, I hope people can take and inject into their lifting, but I'm happy you've been able to take it and inject it into your lifting. Cause I like, just as like the outside looking in and now that you know, Dave and I are actually coaching you. I can see it on a more regular basis where before I think that was uh, a, a difficult barrier to work through that you've been able to overcome quite a bit. Actually on that. Well, first of all, thank you. I'm glad that you can see it. I can feel it and see it myself. And one kind of funny example uh, of it is my girls, particularly my twins, because I train in the evenings. My youngest goes down for bed and I'll hang out with my twins as my wife puts the youngest down and then we'll switch out. So the twins come down and hang out with me often enough. So as far as music choices, uh, if you were to graph the, uh, the shift from metal and particularly metal core to Disney and particularly frozen Moana, Tarzan, uh, and actually just like musical soundtracks because Spotify is really good about throwing those on, uh, sharp, increase in in all the disney songs so even after my twins go upstairs when it's their bedtime i'll just keep the music on like disney stuff and it's actually been pretty cool because mentally um it helps me not be so attached to numbers or to feel like i have to get super hyped up so i really don't um but i still get to be focused on the lifts get after it attack the lift and I think we've seen progress there but it's to you know, let it go or a Taylor Swift song. And like, there are some bops that have come on and it's just made training more fun overall. So that's Bro, cool. First off, I didn't know where you were going with the whole music thing with like metal core to Disney. Jojo Siwa has got some bangers, dude. High that's top so shoes. My wife deadlifts the high top shoes all the time. Look, to wrap this up though, I brought in a quick special guest to help settle the score here really quick. Okay. Yeah. Come here, Nick. Nick, say hi to Jared. Say hi to the audience. That's going hi, to Nick. Listen to this. Hi. So Don't break my heart. <clears throat> Backstreet Boys are in sync. In sync all the way. In sync all. You got to say it louder. In sync all the way. Why? They're just better. What would make them better? Justin Timberlake. Justin Timberlake <laughs> makes them better. It's JT. It's JT. <laughs> what would be a better boy band though? If if we could create a hypothetical situation, right? Would it be like? Backstreet Boys traditional setup, NSYNC traditional setup, or my dream setup, which is Usher and Justin Timberlake at their tops together. I think that's the ultimate boy band ever. I feel like Usher's too, oh. too cool to be a boy band. What? <laughs> Did you hear this? No, I, I, no, I can't be down with that. I'm sorry. Don't if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Okay, John. I'll buy tickets. We'll go see Usher and JT together. It'll be Dude, great. Could you imagine a rendition of Ebony and Ivory with those two together? Yes. I yes, I can. Hear 
seriously. And it would, oh, with a new beat and everything, that'd be the best. Have you guys seen, I think it was, uh, I forget which show it was, but it was Wayne Brady and Justin Timberlake and Brian. You had me at Wayne Brady. I was going to say, you got me at Wayne Brady. I know. Oh my gosh. It's amazing. It's, they're apparently doing an improv song. It's incredible. I wouldn't be surprised if it, I don't know, there was some bit of rehearsal. They had a whole band behind them, but it was the musical genius of Wayne Brady, which we can all appreciate, plus Justin Timberlake, who absolutely killed it. And then Brian McKnight just added that extra something. I'm going to send you both the link. You got to watch Isn't it. Isn't that on Fallon? I thought that was on Fallon. Was that on Maybe. Fallon? It Maybe. This, this, this is an old clip, though. I don't think it was on Fallon. Maybe not. Who knows? But all right. See? NSYNC it is. And apparently no other hypothetical bands could even beat NSYNC. So the boy band title goes to NSYNC as claimed by my wife here. I accept it. If Nick says it, it goes. Yep. That's it. Okay. Jared, appreciate you. Always appreciate you too. Nick, thank you for the special appearance. You got to say something. Bye, everybody. <laughs> you got to say something so people can hear you. Oh. Hi, everybody. There we go. Jared, until next time. Yep. See you then. Peace. What's up, Rebuilders? Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel. Also, leave a rating that helps people like you find the show and reach more people. Appreciate you. See you at the next one.